Are you here on Community Radio 2XX 98.3 FM? Here with Scotty, you're on behind the lines, and we are sitting in the uh, in the rose gardens out the back of Old Parliament House, and we're here because we've just been up the road at the new Parliament House, where the Stoppadani convoy has come in from the depths of Queensland, and we're joined by a whole bunch of people for a bit of a conversation about the convoy and why it's why it's been put on, how it went, and all of that. Could you guys introduce yourselves? My name's Rika Wedlock, and um, it's I haven't had the opportunity to go the whole way on the convoy, but I got as far as Brisbane, and it's fantastic to feel really enlivened and engaged with something. I'm in my 60s. I used to do a lot of activism in, in the 1980s when I was young, and I haven't felt this good about standing up and taking advantage of being able to join in in a long time. It's good to feel empowered by taking action. I'm Jeanette Kessels, I'm a veterinarian and a mum from Brisbane and I've travelled up to Claremont and now back to Canberra. I feel very privileged to be um, led by Bob Brown. Um, he's a visionary man uh, who's always been right, um, in my opinion, and uh, we, we need to change the way things are done in Australia, particularly in regards to energy. And, uh, and this is the start of really drawing the line and saying it coals the old way, we need to find a new way. There's lots of other examples of ways in which we've discarded old ways of doing things. We don't use asbestos anymore, we don't kill whales, dogs are looked after, they don't have lots of fleas anymore. You know, women vote. Um, my girls have very similar wages to the boys and uh, coal's just one of those things that need to change and renewables are there. Renewables, renewables can be uh, can be enhanced quickly. Hi, I'm uh, John Corker. I'm a lawyer from who lives in Wollongong. Um, I suppose I got involved in the convoy because I'm just really concerned about the future of the planet. It really is a serious issue, and we have to wake up. It's, it's the people's movement is absolutely vital at this point in time. Um, I went on a sort of doco shoot looking at all the large trees around Australia last year and was absolutely shocked the extent that which we've sort of decimated forests which are carbon storage you know devices and and the disregard people have for the how serious the situation is it's a unique time in history we we've only got one planet and the evidence is very strong and you know I've seen it with my own eyes and felt it with my own body that we really are in a very serious situation. People don't want to hear bad news. That's the hard part, you know. No one, none of us wants to sort of face up to the truth of it. So there's lots of people putting their heads under the bed and I'm just, I just can't do that. I have to get out and say, wake up, you know. So it's been fantastic. It's been a great privilege to be on the, on the convoy. Bob's an amazing leader, you know, onward it goes. My name's Ruby Thorburn, I'm 23 and I work in regenerative agriculture and permaculture in the Blue Mountains and I joined the convoy in Sydney um, and basically the reason why I joined the convoy is because there's no other option right now, we have to start standing up and be counted. I don't think that um, we're in a place where we can negotiate about activism. We can't, you know, be complacent anymore. We have to stand up and we have to rise because our politicians are failing us, our laws are failing us, our media is 
failing us, the story that we're, that's being written for us is, is actually killing us. And so um, for me, you know, taking time out of work wasn't even, it wasn't, it wasn't a question for me. It was a absolutely, I have to do this and I have to start putting my body on the line because they're putting all of our bodies on the line. Yeah, right. So was there uh, any one particular event that um, really triggered you and made you think, right, I'm going on this convoy? Uh, timing as much as anything, because it's been, this has all been happening for quite a long time. And uh, I think it just got to the point where I just couldn't just yell at the TV anymore and <laughs> really needed to get up and... Um, be active and when the convoy came up I just thought oh what a fabulous idea Bob is someone who is such an inspiration and it's very easy to just allow you know follow what his direction everything has been so clear and well organized and well defined and so that sort of helps build the whole momentum I think so yeah it was it was a, a really moment to get involved. For me the um, the moment that really I, I realised that I didn't have actually a choice about whether I was going on the convoy or not was uh, the school strike in Sydney and listening to all of these young people that couldn't vote, that couldn't you know travel for three weeks to go and stop a journey um, and hearing the desperation and the cries of please help us, help us stand up to a government that's failing us. And so, yeah, going to, going to that, um, that demonstration just completely made me realize actually this is something that I don't have a choice in, I have to do this and I, I can't justify not going on this convoy. Just for me, I think, you know, I suppose I've I don't know whether I've been a latent environmentalist, bushwalker, whatever, most of my life, but I, as soon as I heard about the idea of the convoy, I thought this is a brilliant device in a sense to bring these issues forward because it rolls on day after day and mm -hmm. it does media day after day. And this, is, this, this federal election that we're heading into is absolutely a critical election. The parties really are differentiated from each other and there are real issues at play. It's a long time since we've had a federal election that's like that. And this, you know, this has been a great device. This really is a brilliant device. And I've, I've seen it, you know, feed messages in. But I mean, Bob does media every day and, and you can see it in social media and also even in mainstream media as resistant and as polarized and as fractured mainstream media are, those messages are still getting through. You know, Bill Short is still asked about the future of the black-throated finch. Mm. You know, I mean, that just wouldn't happen unless this convoy was actually rolling forward and those issues were actually being constantly brought to the surface. Mm -hmm. So I just think it's a, it's, it's a brilliant device and I just feel privileged to have been on, on the convoy, really. And, um, yeah, it's been a huge pleasure, really. It has <laughs> Because it's so real. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing with the convoy is there are some really extraordinary people on the convoy, you know, people from all walks of life, but some absolutely brilliant people who are devoted to this. There's people um, like myself that are sort of at the end of their careers, uh, looking for something to, um, you know, put their energies into in the future. And I know there were a lot of people like that. And uh, the convoy gives you the opportunity to meet other people like yourself and try and find a way forwards to make a contribution personally. 
which otherwise you might feel a little bit of a silo and not really know where your strengths lie or where your capacities are and it gives you somebody perhaps to bounce that back with. Yeah, I mean while we're at Queensland you just get all this thing all the time. Have you guys ever had a job? You know? <laughs> who, who do you think you are? You're paid greenies, aren't you? You just paid greenies. $36 you know? an hour. Yeah. yeah that was the, and there's people come from amazing backgrounds. Like, you know, as a professor. Yeah, there's people from teacher. universities, from the health sector. John's a lawyer. School teachers. On the, you know, yeah. So there's, there's one, one employs 280 staff. Genuine cross. Yeah. yeah mm -hmm. Cross um, mm -hmm. circle of citizens that really are concerned. Mm -hmm. As well as the the really passionate <coughs> ground level flak people, mm. you know, front frontline action on coal, who've yeah. just given up everything and they live in a pretty ordinary environment in order to be able to make social activism real and um, uh, you know to go to the, the the pendulum swings far and they're on the very end of that pendulum mm. of change mm. um, and doing that bravely and um, consistently. I first went to Adani a few years ago and uh, stayed with the flat people and they were already doing that then. You know, they were the crazy dancing guy at the start of the party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a symptom of where we've got to on the planet too, that there are those really young, dedicated, skilled echo warriors, essentially, you know, the people that will tree sit in the Tarkine, for example, in the Tasmania. Months and months. You know, for months and months, mm. or or just you know, go and establish this camp, you know, right up at Abbot Point, and buy a property and do that. Yeah. Who does that? Who thinks to do that? And then bring a crowd of it's people not easy to do together. That. It's not easy to do that at all. I mean, I just got the greatest respect. Yeah, for those me people. too. Me too. And they're the ones. You know, we've we've had all of this media and this um, this attention with the Supper Dining Convoy, but the people at Flag, the people who are in day day in day out on the front line, stopping Adani on the ground. They are the true heroes in this story, along with the First Nations people that have been absolutely, you know, just their everything that... Well, they have no choice. Yeah, there's, there's been no choice. There's been just country. punch in the gut after punch in the gut with hands tied back behind their backs. You know, it's been... Um, they're the ones. They're the ones in this story that um, are behind the scenes. They're the ones that are doing the real work here. Um, and yeah, I think it's really important to to remember to try and um, help as much as we can, or help support as much as we can in terms of finance, or in terms of going out and spending some time there, or going and cooking for you know the frontline action community. You don't have to actually go and walk on to the railway to support. You don't have to do that. You don't have to get arrested. You can go and support these people um, through donations, through doing groundwork wherever you are, through heading up and um, showing solidarity by cooking or working in the garden or using your skill set to, to help demand change. One of the absolute highlights of our um, convoy was to arrive in Clermont and to be welcomed by the Aboriginal people. Um, the welcome was so extraordinary and warm, warm giving. and beautiful and they're wanting to protect some springs up there that are going to be destroyed by this mine. The mine's just a an introduction to the next mine and the next mine and the next mine after that. That will change everything for that group of people and it can't continue. So I guess um, it started off in, in Hobart and, and 
really cranked up the east coast it was it looked like a really punishing schedule how did you cope with that no problems actually it was fun i mean ricker and i went in the car together and shared a bit of the driving up to brisbane mm. you know and we had sort of and then maybe five six hour drive days which are not bad if you get away early that's fine and the rallies were really empowering too like that we had a, you know the first rally I, I went to was Sydney, I only started in Sydney, I mean I was Sydney and back, but the Coffs Harbour rally the next morning was really good and then there was this amazing rally in Mullumbimby where there were just so many, so many enthusiastic people. 3,000 people. Yeah, and it took yeah. us an hour and a half to get out of there, there were so many people. Mm -hmm. I mean it was just extraordinary, but the energy was just beautiful and so that energy helps you move forward too. Then we had a couple of days in Brisbane and we also had a rest day. I mean that was nice yeah. over the Easter weekend. I thought the schedule was worked out pretty well. Yeah, but it's a long way. I think I clocked 4,300 k's, you know. <laughs> so, and I haven't done the full thing. So the guys from Tasmania are probably up around six. Mm. Yeah. There was yeah. Teslas doing it. Did you know about the Teslas? No, no. So yeah, I, yeah, they're about seven or yeah, something. Like there were a number, a number of Teslas. Um, I guess flying the flag for uh, a new way of doing things that is currently unfamiliar to most of us. Yeah. And that yeah. was cool. We were um, we were travelling in an old fire truck that was fueled on waste vegetable oil, um, so it was it, the truck's capacity to go fast was, is <laughs> quite limited. So we were doing you know nine to ten hour days um, with Charlie McGee who came all the way from Western Australia. Uh -huh. um, You're travelling with Charlie. Oh yeah, I was we're going to be listening to formidable vegetables <laughs> during this interview. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a legend, you know, he drove, he was the only one with a truck license, so he had to actually do the whole oh, thing no. by himself, and oh, we just, no. um, yeah, a massive shout out to the de dedication that he showed um, along the way, because I think for him particularly, it was uh, a big, a lot of work, a lot of work day in, day out, and also stopping and um, trying to arrange the waste vegetable oil hookups, and then filtering it all, and you know, the, it's a lot of work that's involved. Um, as well so as yeah, being a cook and an entertainer. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> brilliant musician. Writes beautiful songs. Yeah, listeners to Behind the Lines are very familiar with Formidable <laughs> Vegetables work. <laughs> They've got a song for everything. <laughs> wow. So there's a whole bunch of people travelling together. How did, how did you come across like camping areas that could accommodate that many people all at once? I mean, yeah, I think that I think that the first while, up as far as Brisbane, people kind of organised themselves. I mean, I'm sure there were some groups, small groups that camped together, stayed together, but generally people organised themselves. And then after Brisbane, once it seemed like, even though I wasn't there for that bit, but it seemed like once everybody got beyond Brisbane, then everyone was sort of coming together. I think one of the one of the one of the heroes was what's his name, Matt at Emu Park who had yes. this massive property. Anthony, yeah. Anthony. Anthony, Anthony, yeah, that's Anthony right, Anthony. Green. So on the, there was a closed Facebook page and a closed messenger page. So that was the major communication between all the convoyers. And uh, Anthony, this guy at a place called Two Churches out of Emu Park, real early on on the Facebook site said, listen, if people want to come and camp, I've got this amazing block of land with a couple of houses and churches on it and there's no one there. And you know, and you can, 
there's, there's water. And we were, so, so many people thought it was going, I reckon there must have been uh, 200 people there camped for the night. We had a party there, you know, there was a huge fire. There was this massive house all with empty rooms. Not a stick of furniture um, in the house. Even a food van turned up and served fantastic yeah. Thai food all night. It was, just, <laughs> yeah. it was one off, you know, it's an amazing experience. It's great. Yeah. But then I think smaller groups of camps, just you get to know people and you buddy up a bit and you say, oh, where are you guys camping tonight? Where are you guys camping tonight? Mm. You know, there's a number of options. So. We um, we were super lucky. We just um, put a shout out on the permaculture community and we had strangers hosting us um, in these incredible permaculture paradise farms the whole way, um, feeding us food. We even had this amazing woman, um, Kate from uh, Purple Pear Farm, who came to meet us just along the way with this massive box of vegetables and organic wine and pickles and honey <laughs> from local farmers that just wanted to say thank you and we support you. Um, so the, the incredible support along the way was just absolutely remarkable. And we also had, um, we had uh, our friends at Food Connect who are doing an amazing job in Brisbane trying to um, you know, radically shift all the problems in our, in our food industry um, who none of us knew they just welcomed us and came at 12 o'clock at night to help us sort out the vegetable oil and let us into the sheds so yeah the, the kindness along the way was pretty remarkable so what sort of reception did you find along the way um, I was down at the Hobart rally when they left and that was uh, that was all pretty pretty friendly and, <laughs> and good down there um, what was the what was the, the, the way up there like well, the further north we went, the worse it got. In a, in a, in a, in a, in a flipping the bird. But we sort of, I, I think that was expected because we were heading into the heart of coal country, like central Queensland. There's nothing else there other than sort of coal cattle and cane. And, and, and really those coal mines, the Galilee Basin is a huge area. There's something like 26 coal mines, you know, in that region around Claremont. So everybody's dependent on coal for their livelihood. And once they've been revved up by the, you know, the far right wing politicians by Hanson and and Clive Palmer and um, Matt Canavan, they were just feral. You know, we it was interesting. You know, if you've sort of lived up a life to be on the other side of the protest, you know, running the gauntlet down the main street of Claremont, you know, with all the protesters at your window, you know, being really abusive. You know, and you had a bit of damage to the car and tyres got left down. Yeah, if there hadn't been a big Queensland police presence, I think, you know, violence would have really seriously broken out. The police were fantastic. Yeah. I also think on that, I think the the influence of um, rally leaders and politicians made a massive difference because at Emu Park, we did have a counter-rally, we had a counter-protest and um, the, the guy who was leading the counter-protest actually got up and was like, hey, we're actually not enemies here, we've got very different views and I don't agree with the other view but hey let's go and speak about it let's not be violent and um, that act of leadership uh, even mm. though there was uh, you know very conflicting views and obviously very emotional people there was incredible because it encouraged people to go actually I'm going to step back and I'm going to listen and I'm going to try and be heard at the same time and mm. at the end of the day we are humans and pitting each other pitting ourselves against each other isn't you know, it's not getting us anywhere. It's what the media want. It's what the people in power want. So I don't have anything bad to say about um, those people who were, you know, violent or, 
you know, very angry. I've, I just, uh, all my anger um, in this situation is directly uh, aimed at the media and those politicians that went up in a position of power and leadership and absolutely failed the people. Yeah, I guess divide and rule has been a tactic mm. from the, the right wing for time immemorial, really. And it, it, all it can be used for is to create division and, and to maintain the power of those who use it, I mm. guess. Yeah. Yeah, but it was interesting, I think, you know, like at, at Emu Park and even Mackay to a limited extent, we could have those one-on-one -on -one conversations yeah, with miners. There was sufficient mm. space in the arrangements and everything mm. to have those one-on-one -on -one conversations, and they were really important mm. to, to exchange views. We learned a little bit, you know, and they learned a little bit, and you just sort of got a better sense of the of yeah. where the tension really was and what the issues mm. really were. But at Claremont, not it possible at all, mm. at all. You know, mm. it was just. We got a message that there was a not to go there before four o'clock. We were going to go be there at two. There was this political rally in the pub, and if we went there, it was just going to be a firecracker. So, so we ended dinner. up. It was just a, it was running the gauntlet with a police escort. That was all that was possible. There was no dialogue possible because of the, the way it had been, um, yeah, just ramped up. We'd been booked for dinner, in a way. And that had to be cancelled due to threats. Yeah, the booking in anyone, all the bookings in town pretty much had to be cancelled. So who were the politicians that were doing the revving up? You've mentioned a few there. Yeah, just those three, I think. Pauline Hanson, Clive Palmer and um, Matt Canavan. Oh, mm. I don't know who else there. I think that was a George Christensen. Maybe yeah, George Christensen. I think it was George yeah. Christensen, that's right. Yeah, interesting. Well, what is it that they actually stand for, do you know? That's a great question. Make, make Australia great. <laughs> yeah. I see. Yeah. I think yeah. the other astonishing thing was all those billboards up the highway. Like you yeah. drive all the way from you know Brisbane to Airlie Beach, and probably yeah. the number one billboards were the Clive Palmer ones. Huge, you know, and you can see the money that's been spent on all the frames, and and there's just a couple of really simple messages, you know, like oh we support the farmers, what grows in the ground. You know, really simple, that's just appealing to tax. that. 20% less tax for regional people was the other big one. Yeah. Whereas down in this oh, part I've of got Australia, a all dollars. you see is make Australia <laughs> great. That's all you see, you know. Yeah. But boy, Pauline Hanson with, um, what was it I'm thinking? I've got the guts to say so what, what you're you thinking. Think, yeah. <laughs> Quite demeaning for the people that support her. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but what an assumption. Well, I used to listen to the right-wing shock jocks just to maintain my anger, and they're all about putting down their listeners, and they seem to love it. Yeah. it's a bit odd. I know. Yeah. 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 I love the I love the, the reverse billboard from Brixie who put it up on the other side and paid for it. This guy, I'm thinking, the sooner I see the back of you, the better. Yeah, so there's just these two massive billboards up near Brisbane. One's the Pauline Hanson, the other's the Brigsy one. So uh, <laughs> sooner you've gone, the better. That's what I'm thinking. Mm. So were there were there communities that you stayed at who were who were sticking their necks out and sort of had to stay there? What do you mean? Well, I guess I'm thinking the um, particularly the Aboriginal community in Claremont. They've uh, they've really stuck their necks out to be different from um, from the reception that you got there and and. <laughs> they got no choice, they're stuck there. Oh, absolutely. And absolutely. they're already on the bad books just for being black. So. Yeah. yeah. That's the same with Aboriginal communities right around Australia. Yeah. You know, it's, it's unfortunate in, in very lots of situations. I mean, they're, that's their country, that's who they're part, you know, they're part yeah. of that country. And, and well, that's, that's also a part of, um, you know, that 
this, the convoy as it is and the whole movement has to keep going because for Aboriginal people everywhere all, all over Australia, you know, one of the big things is that, you know, white fellas come in to help, but then they go again. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you gotta, it's got to keep going as a, a really important support structure. And that's sacrifice and as sacrifice. well. There's so much sacrifice. Yeah. The repercussions of, of standing up in you know in that community for a stop a is you know mm. like not a stop a dining um, protest. It was you know protect the water, mm. um, and protecting water means stopping a dining. Yeah. But to stand up um, in that toxic community with so much violence, and for mm. us to to be able to to go and have a really beautiful two days and then to leave. Um, you know, it's there's there's so much sacrifice that goes on, and there's so many things that we don't see um, that those people are dealing with, and exactly. will continue to deal with. And it's really important that yeah, um, yeah that we start to yeah, it's important that our message keeps coming to them, but long distance down here, all the way up there, yeah, to support, keep supporting them, and so that they know we haven't gone, we haven't just drifted off, and that we keep rising, we yeah. keep standing up. You know, exactly. if this mine goes ahead. Um, that we're all there, ready. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier um, changing the story, Ruby, and I think you've hit your head right on the nail there. Um, what is the story that we've got going right at the moment? I mean, what's the sort of the current story that allows things like Adani to be contemplated by, by both of our major political parties? Well... Jobs, jobs, jobs. Job, yeah. I mean, it seems... That on, you know, on some level, the coal industry is one of the lobby groups that really has the government, both sides of government, the opposition and the who is in power, Labor or Liberal, by the balls, basically. They, you know, they have the controlling power. Um, you know, I think people have understood for a long time that big corporations have controlling powers. And um, and that's that's what's got to be shifted, and it's it, you know I don't know. Some, someone said it gets harder the closer you get to hit you know hitting the nail on the head. It gets harder as you get closer because those power structures fight to try and retain what they've got. Mm. And what are the what are the news stories that that? We, we could be talking about that uh, that can replace that sort of sorry old story of, of greed is good and and we can only improve society by, by making rich people richer well that's a really that's actually a hard question to answer because there aren't those structures in place at the moment they remain a little bit amorphous there are small groups everywhere but I don't think I can't think that there's a really definite way forward other than you've just got to keep moving, you know, technology, yes, is there and it will be part of the picture for the future, but that it has to find um, ways of working that doesn't, doesn't compromise um, the existence of all living things, all oxygen-breathing beings. There ha you know, there has to be a different way. Yeah, I think there's plenty of stories that don't get into our media. I mean, one of the things that surprised me most 
just in the last week or 10 days is that the Scottish and the UK Parliament have both declared climate oh, emergencies. Oh yes, that's a good one. That mm -hmm. just hasn't been mentioned in the Australian no. newspaper no. as far as I know. I mean, it's that, it's that networking, it's that solidarity, it's that, you know, working with other groups that brings you strength. I mean, with the fact that yeah. we went to Claremont gives the Wangu and Jingalinga people strength, you know, and the fact that they're with our movement gives us strength. And it's the same. It's if you, if you, there are stories that come from that big international networking, that bigger picture. Those stories are really important, and it just it really highlights how limited our media is to not. I mean, it's the UK Parliament declares a climate emergency. How big a story is that? It's huge. Yeah, and I think the the other really big story that the Stopadani convoy, um, that frontline action on coal, that Extinction Rebellion has been telling, is that. If you stand up and be counted, you can change history. If you stand up in acts of mass civil disobedience, you can influence policy worldwide. You can influence what's happening on the ground, the, the world that we live in, if you're willing to stand up, if you're willing to say, hey, I'm with you and I'm gonna get active, I'm not gonna get depressed, I'm gonna show my action, show my solidarity, and I'm gonna be there, I'm gonna turn up. And you know, even if I'm a bit afraid, even if I don't really know what I'm doing, even if I think I've, I'm, I'm not gonna be heard or whatever it is, you stand up and, and you stand in solidarity and the effect of that is change. Simon Sinek um, talks about the golden circle, which is start with why. And um, I'm in business and uh, I always have to start with the why. Why are you working for me? Why am I doing this job for you? Why have I set up a veterinary practice in this location? It has to start with the why, the how, the what, the where, the who, the when comes around that. So if the why is we have one planet mm -hmm. and we're required to take care of it, then the how, the what, the where, when you have the will to address the why, then that's where your strength comes. And if your values are similar, your values are aligned in that, then you can figure out how you're going to, what direction in which you're going to point. And I think Bob Brown's always been very strong because ethically and morally, his why is very deep. It's very deeply rooted in nature and it's very deeply rooted in what's right. Um, and from there, you know, the, uh, the how, the what, the when, the where, the who can take its... And that's what we need from our leaders, is to establish a very clear why, I believe. Yes, I'm not sure if they'd be willing to tell the truth on that one. <laughs> not when they're getting funded by massive corporations, yeah, that's no. for sure. Yeah. Well, then that's the why. <laughs> yes, yeah. Follow the money. Money, money, money. Yeah. Well, money is important, actually. If you need to run a country, it's very important to have money. I run a veterinary practice, and we often have people wanting us to do things for nothing because don't you love animals? So money is important, but the thing is that we've got some very clever scientists and they've figured out ways of doing renewables that we haven't fully explored. So I think money is important. We do have a lot of people to look after, but... Um, but let's find a different way. Yeah, I mean, that's what you get from the miners up there. Well, what are you going to do? What are you going to replace the energy with? 
you know, how long is it going to take? You drive your car on coal, they'll you say. Car, yeah, isn't your coal made of steel? Well, it, all that's true. It is hard. It's not easy. Mm. But we've, we've, it's not a simplistic answer. It's an imperative that we have to move yes. in that direction and, and move in that direction in a structured and quite quick way. Yes. And it probably does mean a hell of a lot more solar installations. And yes, they will require glass and steel to put them all together, but you know, and lithium to make the batteries, which is you know, mined and stuff like that. But nobody's saying never take really anything no further out of the ground. We have to stop burning fossil point. fuels. It's well, just that's it's, where we're at. Yeah. They just don't get that up there. They really don't. There's still a lot of climate change denial in central Queensland, an astonishing amount. Mm. You know, it's like another planet. But it's there. coming from those leaders. Yeah. And I think another another really important story is the power of community, the power of um, acting locally, uh, and the power of building that web of connection to be mm. radically codependent and collaborative rather than being dependent on a broken system and that um, for me gives me a lot of hope. I think there, the way forward in my mind at the moment is a combination between mass civil disobedience um, and big protests which are going to happen um, and also permaculture and community and going hey let's try and let's try and become resilient and how do we become resilient it's by having good relationships, good connection to the earth, good connection to the people, learning how to listen to, to First Nations people, learning how to be led by, by those people, learning how to be led by the earth, learning how to be led by each other, rather than compete, compete, compete. Well said. Mm, nice one. So what, what are some of the solutions that are out there? I mean, people like Beyond Zero Emissions have done complete social plans for how this can be changed around in a very short period of time using off-the-shelf technology and, and what, what, are, what are some of the solutions that we can use in, instead of burning fossil fuels? Well, like Bob says, there's a big battery up there. <laughs> <laughs> that's know, our nuclear power. I, I think that's at the heart of it. I think this, the power from the sun, you know, we really, I think we've really got to focus on that. And the other thing we've got to do, which is really hard, is each of us reduce our footprints. Mm. You know, we've got to use less energy, but that's a trade-off with increased population as well. So there's a lot of things in play. But people ask, what can I do? And the answer is, you know, look at your own energy usage and, and the way in which you live. I mean, every, every one of us bears responsibility. There are things that we can do. I mean, just the change in use of plastic bags, you know, recently in Australia shows that it can be done in a short period of time if, if, if people get the message and get on with it. Mm. You know, it is possible. By sharing ideas with like-minded people, how many more you can be a little bit more accountable for the way yeah. you behave individually. I think we need to change um, how we live. I think we need to be willing to change that and not to, not to look at that change as a sacrifice, but to look at it as something to take joy in. Um, to look at the prospect of being able to grow our own food and you know prioritize time to connect with land to connect with people to start you know moving outside the monetary economy and start swapping things with each other um, 
to start, yeah, really ch changing the social fundamental um, web that's holding us and to look at that and go, what is broken here? Because what's broken there is fundamentally interconnected with what's broken in our politics, what's broken in our workforce, what's broken in, um, you know, in climate change. All of those things come back down to the core, which is how we how we interact with ourselves, how we interact with each other, um, and trying to really question ourselves and question that. All right, is there anything else uh, that anyone wants to add before we wind up? Thanks for giving us the opportunity to have a chat. Well, excellent. thanks a lot for uh, putting in the time and the energy and, and getting out there and getting stuck into it. Good on you all. Yeah, thank you, Scotty. And thank you for, I think a really important thing is um, Thank you for alternative media sources that are telling yes. stories other than Murdoch Media and Co. Who the people who are listening to things other than Murdoch Media and Co. And for sharing those things, I think you are part of rewriting the narrative, and it is so fundamental that that happens. So yeah, yeah, long live yeah. community yes, radio. Very true. Well, community yeah. radio definitely support your local community radio yeah. and. Yeah. Um, the New Economy Network of Australia, which is a fairly new group who's now organising throughout Australia to connect all the people who are working on different solutions, is, is putting out a podcast. And, and this is a call for volunteers, if you would like in your in your local area to become the media. As Jello Biafra said all those years ago, don't hate the media, become the media. <laughs> Here's an opportunity for all of us around Australia to, to join in and create community radio national programs that, that tell the stories that need to be told um, yeah so go to the neweconomy.org website and uh, look us up okay we'll do great thanks Thank you.